Welcome, folks. We are back with another week of beer and bullshit. We're at volume 28, uh, almost at the 3 0. We're almost. almost hitting uh, each other's age. Well, at least your age. I don't know. I think we'd have to do this for another, like, at least 25 more years before we hit mine. Yeah, it'll be, yeah we're getting close. 45, 55, something? 55. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost time I retire from the podcast yeah, game, you know, after 30 old. volumes like this. <laughs> Anyways, this week we've got Mr. Graham Jenner joining us. Uh, he'll be hanging out with us in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to wait for his text and then uh, he'll come join in uh, after we get a chance to chit-chat a little bit about, uh, I-, I guess we can call it debriefing from last <laughs> podcast. Got the uh, bends a bit, got to kind of... Uh, get back into it slowly oh man we we had mayor steve black on the podcast last week and you know he was nice enough to share some of his time and and come and sit down with us and uh i didn't realize so many people really like they just don't like the guy some people had got the hate on yeah got the hate on (laughs) we got a lot of feedback on that podcast uh it's nice to see that people are still listening um, but uh, nothing, none of it, none of it was positive. Well, I, no, we got some positive, but uh, from who? I, oh, I got I, nothing. Hey, man, I showed up to some uh, some uh, stores downtown, and people were very excited and actually uh, uh, asked to be on the next one or be on on one coming up in the future. And you know, we got some lo- pe- local people who really want to be on. Uh, but there was a a a vocal group, <laughs> a uh, a proud, but. Uh, yeah, a proud were- but misguided group who uh, I guess really, really didn't like because they didn't like him. They now decided, yeah, they didn't like they us. didn't like us, which no. was it was awesome, but in a way. See, I was starting to think. I, w- I was starting to wonder if we're on the wrong team here. <laughs> when I saw this, I was like, "Hmm, maybe we should be hating the mayor." Or, I don't know. I I feel like it's it's funny. And I was talking to you about this before we started the podcast tonight. Is that suddenly we've started this you know this thing where we're just recording ourselves talking, drinking beer, and we're inviting people uh, who are you know doing interesting things, not um, not cutting them off, not le- letting them talk as long as they want. And suddenly, for some reason, we're uh, part of the media. Yeah, we're journalists. We're now journalists. We're, we're, uh, we, we have some kind of social Judiciary responsibility to, well, yeah. to uh, hold our elected leaders accountable uh, by badgering them with questions. You know what? I, I think there, there is a place for that. I, I don't. I don't think that's what we do. That's not what well, we're setting out to do. We're letting. We, we just want to have you know polite conversation with people. The way I've always um, thought about it is that we're giving people. Uh, kind of an open forum to to talk and, and chat and, and give us their point of view or their ideas. Uh, we've hey, even on the last one, we, uh, me and Steve were talking about politi- uh, provincial stuff. You know, we don't agree on stuff, and I said, "Well, do you really think that?" Like, I, we still kind of you know didn't agree with everything about him, but we're not here to have a debate with our guests and and go out there. We're giving them an open an open mic to to, to talk, to and talk. we're and we're here chatting. Exactly. Hey, guess what? You, we might not agree with some stuff. We might agree with stuff, and uh, that's what we're doing. We're not, like you said, we're not, we're not fucking journalists. <laughs> we're not here to get the gotcha media, uh, gotcha, uh, you know, news conference yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, interviews. We're just here to, to let them have an, an open forum. And this could be politicians, it could be local business owners, it could be whatever professionals. They're, this is a place they can come and talk and tell us what's going on with them. Are we going to go after, uh, you know, our, our our buddy John John? Uh, Okay, and, and say why you know we we, we don't like uh, certain music at his place or do whatever. No, <laughs> you've been very vocal about that I on have the been. podcast. Yes, <laughs> oh, that. enough with them damn hardcore oh, bands. He says. 
Uh, we should talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like, it's, like you said on the one uh, on that podcast, fucking deal. It's like, it's like over it. Okay, on relax. that comment specifically. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, so, some people didn't appreciate that. Um, I guess that was a little bit of a crude way uh, of saying that maybe not, maybe not all criticisms or complaints are necessarily uh, warranted or, or valid. They, I, I think some people have valid concerns. Even some people who were, were having were taking part in the discussion online, which I think is awesome. I think it's good that you know people get to voice what they want to say and, and put it out there. You know what the, the stuff that stinks to high hell, like yeah. it, it. No one people get to see it and they get to ignore it, right? Uh, just like this podcast, right? If you in, plenty of people in, ignore it, plenty <laughs> of people ignore it. There are we we get the view counts. There are a lot of people ignoring this podcast. But the one thing that I would say is that we we're just sitting here in a basement. We bought our some parents' equipment. basement supposedly. That's what I've <laughs> yes, that's yes, what I've appar- read. Apparently, this is my parents' basement. <laughs> some dude's parents' basement. Do you know what I thought of when I said that? What? I said yes. Somebody thinks I still live with my parents. All right. So um, at this point, it's a little early on, but uh, our guest is going to be joining us. Jay's gone to bring him in. All right. So we are back with Mr. Graham Jenner. Now, I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to cut this little edit here, but my point was that anybody can start a fucking podcast. And the mayor, uh, you know, they can invite the mayor on. They can badger him with questions all they want. They can say he'd be irresponsible. But fact remains, this is what we're doing here. We're having pleasant conversation with people. And today, that segue into our guest, Mr. Graham Jenner. He's uh, an attorney here in Timmins, Ontario. And uh, he's come to join us and talk to us a little bit about how he's come to practice law in Timmins. And uh, maybe we can get his perspective on... uh, few things yeah i don't know you can try <laughs> we <laughs> you can try, try. We like to pick your brain we yeah. we here at beer and bullshit like to uh imitate the adam carolla show i don't know if you listen to adam carolla's podcast but we pretty much steal bits from oh, him yeah. all the time and Absolutely. he has he does the whole thing where he, he brings his buddy lawyer in and yeah. they, they talk about mark you know, garagos that's that's who it is yeah, right yeah. well there i'm not go. familiar so i won't know when you're uh, ripping him off good everything it's pretty much what we do so how are you tonight i'm good yeah good I, uh doing the whole uh lawyer daddy thing i was at work and i had to race to the uh, uh shoppers to get drops for my kid before coming oh, here so no. this is a a typical day. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. I got two little ones. How many? How many do you have? Just the one. Just yeah. the one. How old? Two and a half. Two and a yeah. half. Yeah, it's a fun age. It is, <laughs> except when they get sick, which is a lot. Yes. <laughs> Basically, yes. anytime you're anywhere where any other kid has been, like Playland or someone else's house, you yep. know, give it twelve hours and your kid's sick. So. You know they're gonna catch something. That's right. Yeah. If you're interested, you can check out Volume Three to see uh, how that turns <laughs> out when uh, your your daughter gets sick and you're recording a podcast. <laughs> Uh, makes for in- interesting situations. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that said, uh, we're really happy to have you here. And uh, I was just wondering, I was looking through your Facebook and, uh, you know, uh, there there's kind of a, a little bit of an about page there telling us a bit about yourself, but uh, it doesn't really give us the, the whole story. So if you want to give us, you know, your personal story in a nutshell, uh, how did you come to be practicing law here in Tunes? So I uh, well I came to be in Timmins. Uh, I'm not from Timmins. I uh, I grew up in uh, in southern Ontario uh, in Oakville and then St. Catharines. Um, so parents, the USA, really? Basically, <laughs> that's America. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Know. 
um, you know, going to Buffalo Sabres games instead of Toronto Maple Leafs games. That's great. <laughs> uh, cheaper and easier. Um, my wife, uh, Carly Stringer, is from uh, South Porcupine. So we met um, after law school. We were practicing in Toronto for a couple of years uh, and then decided that was not for us. We were oh, working man. all the time. And, uh, you know, when we became pregnant, we thought, let's get out of Dodge. And uh, Timmins was a natural place for us to um, – uh, to look to set up her families here, um, you know, there was lots of opportunity. Um, how I ended up in law was, you know, it wasn't expected until close to the end of undergrad. I mean, I was a sort of a science guy coming out of high school, you know, always thought I'd, you know, want to be a doctor or something like that. And then got to <laughs> university and said, nah, no, I don't really like blood or anything like that. So <laughs> kind um, of, kind of a tough one. Yeah. yeah. No, tough vocation to get to. <laughs> that's right. Got into some sort of like philosophy and legal and logic courses and, you know, went from there okay so you'd switch major majors when you were yeah i I was in a program that really didn't have anything resembling a major um you sort of did a little bit of everything so that helped yeah yeah and uh so you basically found an affinity for things like uh like you said philosophy and and things like that and that's what led you to yeah i liked um you know and that's Still, my favorite thing about law is sort of getting into the nitty-gritty academic side of things, arguing about really um, sort of almost ivory tower points a lot. That's what, I, that's what drew me to it. I like to, you know, talk about the charter, human rights, things like that. Um, and uh, also, you know, thought if I can make a, a, a living out of, you know, basically arguing with people <laughs> about those kinds of things, then that's for me. And, um, and, you know, being in law is just about as close as you can get to that, so... Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Or you have a bad bad podcast and just that's argue true. with people about nothing. Yeah. yeah, this is a good this will be a good second career for you. So <laughs> there you go. It pays extremely poor. Yeah, extremely poorly. Say. Um but uh, see I find that interesting that you talked about like uh the whole ivory tower uh subjects, right? And um I feel like we've had some some good discussion and debates on the podcast here about these kinds of things. I always feel like uh, we we want to talk about ideas and not necessarily uh, specific situations or, or anything like that. If we can expand conversation outside of specific situations into ideas, then we can get a better sense of which direction we should be going into. Yeah. Like if we look at this in a societal way, right? So um, I, I guess that said – uh, I don't know. We we could start on a whole host of well, issues. I guess <laughs> That's the case. Well, not, not that. I say first. Uh, so, what do you practice now? What's like? What's your your your? So yeah, I yeah. I I only practice criminal defense law. Okay. Um, I really right out of uh, articles, which is that year of, of um, you know uh, servitude you do after uh, law school. Um, I was only practicing criminal law in Toronto. Uh, I came up here and I um, I thought I might have to you know, expand because a smaller market, um, I was just getting going, but, um, found quickly that I was busy. Plenty of criminals here. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, well, (laughs) alleged. Um, (laughs) yeah, see, I like this. I like this. He's a defense lawyer. Plenty of both. Um, so that's all I do. Um, and, uh, and that's, that's how I want it. You know? All right. So on a scale from mostly to completely identical, how much is your life like better call Saul? Oh man. So, uh, sometimes like closer than I'd want it to be. Um, but of course I am not uh, doing all of the uh, not naughty Saul things that uh, Saul Goodman, uh, is doing. Um, and didn't he just became Saul Goodman like the last, the most recent episode. I think. Yeah. I'm not completely um, caught up. So, uh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the Saul Goodman name has finally made its, uh, its, uh, itself known. Yeah. Um, 
the scenes from that show that that remind me of my life are you know him getting stuck at the courthouse for you know 14 hours you know struggling to get a, a time for a coffee uh you know everything going wrong with uh you know the scheduling of things because i mean the justice system is like archaic in terms of how it functions it's not modern at all right so mm-hmm. um those hit a hit close to home but um you know it's you know television portrayal of law is rarely uh and known for its accuracy <laughs> right so <laughs> so you're saying uh current you know I'll, my last question that you brought up uh you're saying systems archaic but and i'm assuming what your answer is going to be because it always seems to be the same places that we compare to what's like, oh well this place is much more modern where's it more modern and a bit more quick not quick i guess quick like it's, i guess it's super quick in saudi arabia but for much different <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yes <laughs> um justice is swift yeah, i well, first of all, I don't think it's an issue of quickness, right? Like, yeah. I, I or don't proper, think, yeah, or done right. Yeah, I don't think that um, you know, getting the process to work uh, as quickly as possible is is the goal. Although, you know, reducing delays is mm-hmm. is a good thing. Um, I mean, in the way we uh, you know we schedule matters, the what we work with, we still work with paper. You know, when I get information from the Crown Attorney's Office, it's coming over in a stapled together. Um, you know, package of paper, uh, you know, anywhere from, you know, 20 to 300 pages long. You know, when we get disclosure of videos, you know, we've moved past VHS, uh, VHS, sorry, fortunately, but, um, you know, we're still getting things on discs. You know, when you buy a laptop now, it doesn't even have it like a DVD player. Um, you know, we could be moving to much more efficient systems for exchanging information. Um, for, I mean, you want to talk Timmins, like, I, I serve, and the most lawyers in Timmins serve a huge geographic region, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I go down, you know, towards Tamiskaming, but I also go up to Attawapiskat, you know, Fort Albany, those communities. Um, and we've got witnesses all over the place. We've got accused people all over the place, sometimes in custody, sometimes not. And they always have to be present in court uh, for every little thing. I mean, mm-hmm. we need to get much better at using video links, audio mm-hmm. um remote appearances, electronic appearances. There's so many things we could do to make the system work better, but, you know, that's huge uh, investment in infrastructure, right? Now, are there certain jurisdictions that you could point to to say, you know what, this could be a good model for that? Like they got it right. Yeah, Uh, I'm sure there are. I don't know, though. I mean, it's not uh, not something I've looked into. Um, I know that in the U.S., things move much faster, and I think that's a function of having more judges and more um well there wouldn't be crown attorneys there they'd be district attorneys mm-hmm. but um you know more money in the system on the prosecution side on the court side i mean they just in ontario uh, hired a, a you know a bunch of new uh crowns and judges but it's a drop in the bucket in terms of mm-hmm. uh of overhaul yeah. it's because yeah. all them for-profit prisons don't fill themselves there you go See, I was uh, I was I was waiting for like a well, you know, in Finland they got it right, you know, and, and sure Denmark. They, that's how I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. they always do. But when I go to Finland and Denmark, I'm not interested in going to court. I'm more <laughs> interested in going to a pub or something. So, like in general, I, I don't even. I think this might be a little bit too lofty of a task to ask, but uh, like most of us haven't really. Well, I don't know. I I don't know about Jason, but I've I've never really had any kind of. Uh, in-depth involvement with with any kind of justice with the justice system and i think yeah exactly that's what i'm kind of hoping to maintain for the rest of my life but that (laughs) said it it becomes very unfamiliar and and we start to to kind of buy into these tv portrayals of how things are and uh i don't know i feel like uh the legal profession on tv is uh or in any other venue is really portrayed as this kind of seedy world where people are kind of doing, you know, 
skirting on the lines of legality. Yeah, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, mm. What I the frustrating TV portrayal that I find like sometimes I'll have a client um, meet with me, and we'll talk about the case, or we'll talk about the progress, and they'll be disappointed that I'm not being more aggressive or sort of angry or beating my my war drums and you know wanting to pound down the crown attorney's door. So a lot of people think that like a good lawyer is someone who is like just ready to you know, take a bulldozer to the crown attorney's <laughs> office or it's just going to, you know, throw down an open court. I mean, it's not how it works. Like those are that kind of advocacy is bad lawyering, right? Like you're not going to get good results either with a judge or with anyone you have to negotiate with if you behave that way. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and sometimes people expect it, right? And I don't know what to, what to tell them other than, you know, I guess you, you could maybe find that other lawyer out there, but, you know, be careful what you're uh, what you're looking for does it still exist though are there the i guess they would be considered the bad actors yeah i think i mean i don't think we have that kind of a problem no. in, in timmins okay. you know i think we've got a great uh local bar um but yeah certainly there's lawyers out there who are prepared to market themselves as more you know you know i'll fight you know for, you, for and, you you know or or they're willing to sort of guarantee a result or something you know like don't worry about this like i you know will beat this you know hands down no matter what and like you know, I sometimes have a lot of confidence in in the strategy we're we're pursuing, or or you know, I have a sometimes have a high degree of confidence in a, in a trial will go our way. But I'm never going to tell a client like you know 100 percent I'm going to win this for you, right? <laughs> you know, or you get your money back. Like that's not how you know it. It would be unethical for me to do that. Yeah, that um, seems like the fast food. Of but some people want that, right? Jim the Hammer Shapiro, yeah. Marital commercials. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I would assume that uh, you know it seems a little bit more widespread in in the states. You, you get yeah. the the commercials that come on during the soap operas. Uh, I I don't know exactly who they're targeting in those cases, but uh, yeah. Yeah. My question is. Uh, so you you did some practicing in tr- the Toronto area. That's right. Yeah. Uh, in comparison, what was like the difference in not not crime rate because you wouldn't really know the rate, but like uh, the the cases you dealt with. What were what was more common in Toronto than here, and vice versa? Like, what do you what are the differences, kind of? Yeah, there's not as many differences as you would expect. Um, that's been my experience, at least. So, what you don't have here is uh, sort of guns and gangs. Um, hmm. Like people in in Northern Ontario have guns you know and they're normally long guns and people go hunting with them and Mm -hmm. they normally are never an issue um or when they are an issue it's because um you know uh maybe someone's threatened to use one um or you know someone's has one out for an unsafe purpose usually you know where they're going to harm themselves or something Mm -hmm. and and the police are involved because it's a dangerous situation um whereas in toronto you have sort of more handguns and that kind of stuff um but you have a lot of the same stuff i mean you got you know People drink and drive here. Um, yeah. People, you know, there's domestic incidences here. You know, there's a lot of alcohol fueled. You know, uh, the Boisson uh, household. That's what he's <laughs> Sounds um, about right. So a lot of that's the same. I mean, some particular things to uh, like the, the north here. Um, you know, were. Uh, you know, a bit of a corridor between northern Quebec and western Canada. So you see some sort of movement of, of controlled substances, you know, through our, our highways mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily originating here. Um, you see some sort of trafficking that is sort of targeting the, the coastal reserve communities. Um, but uh, other than that, there's not a huge difference. See, I was going to ask about that, the the whole drug thing, because I feel like we, we get... Um 
you, you see notifications like a new news story every what seems like a couple times a week on Facebook that comes up that says uh, you know so and so charged with uh, possession for the. Uh, um, Purpose, purpose of, of trafficking, or yeah. trafficking, exactly yeah. right, and and it seems like there's there's so much of that going on, but I don't, it, I guess the media will choose what kind of crimes are highlighted or well, I, I think you see a lot of stories at the um, when people are charged with something because it's really like uh, affordable reporting. You don't have to send anyone to report on anything or investigate mm-hmm. anything. You just get the police officer's press release and mm-hmm. you put it in a an article and. Um, you know, maybe do a little bit of follow up, but you see those articles, and you don't see very much about the outcome of actual trials. Some, right? Mm, so the high profile ones. Yeah. So right. in the media, yeah. you see a lot of you know, very beginning of criminal matters, but not the end, which is, I think, unfortunate. Um, but I think in in a place like Timmins, you know, everyone's reading those stories because they're more likely to know someone involved because it's a small town, right? Where mm-hmm. you know, if you're in. Uh, Brampton or Hamilton or Ottawa, you know, those are anonymous names to you, to most people. And um, in most cases, they will remain anonymous. Yeah. yeah so, forever, right? you know, here in Timmins, like, you know, someone, everyone knows someone or a friend of someone's. And so, you know, those stories get shared on Facebook. There's comments on Facebook. So they're in more people's feeds. And, and it's often people who know the person or know the name involved, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I, one one of the topics that uh, definitely, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is the whole idea of the court of public opinion and how how that weighs into the actual mechanics of a trial, right? Like this this idea, especially in a, in a town like Timmins, right? Where people are charged and then, Based on reputations, based on people knowing each other, it, it just seems like some kind of judgment is already fomenting before there's any kind of trial even beginning. Yeah. Is I, that a problem? I think that happens. Um, you know, there's things that I can do as a, there's some things I can do as a lawyer to try and help people avoid or mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I can certainly make some efforts to, you know, avoid a busy day in court where there's more likely to be a journalist there for when my client is pleading guilty to something, Mm -hmm. I mean, within parameters. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, I can write, I don't do this often, but I can sort of write journalists to say, you know, I think you should clarify this or, you know, this is a bit misleading in that initial sort of charge article. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I'm more often telling clients is, you know, most of what I can do for you is to win uh, or try and win the the case in court and the only thing that the criminal justice system is doing is deciding whether or not it's convinced you're guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and whether it can attach a penalty to that because Mm. of it you know the judge can't tell you whether you did it or not he can only tell you whether you know to the state's satisfaction you did it and you can be put in jail or fined um even if you're acquitted there will always be some people who will think you did it see that's an important thing to that i feel like you're touching on a really important thing there that i don't think a lot of people understand right they feel like the the justice system is either a judgment coming from the justice system is either absolute or it's bullshit right and and i feel like if if they don't under, if if people don't necessarily understand that that's what it means is that it, we either um, the the prosecution has met a bar to say that yes beyond a reasonable doubt you you have been convicted of this crime and you we can attach this penalty to it that's that's all that's being determined there's no uh, the only people that will know if something hap- actually happened is the people involved and that's a fundamental issue 
that the justice system, I guess, is trying to deal to yeah. deal with, right? And people, you know, are concerned sometimes in some cases about what their family members think, their friends think, and I, I tell them, you know, there will be some people that will, you know, follow the result in court, and there'll be others who've made up their minds um, and are either with you or against you, you know, based on how they're perceiving things. Um, I mean, there's some things like, um, I mean. Well, I hate to take the sort of classic OJ example, but, you know, OJ was acquitted and then he was, you know, basically found to have done it in civil court, right? Like the, the family of the victim yeah, sued and yeah. were able to prove on a balance of probabilities that he was guilty, <laughs> but that's a different standard than criminal. And, you know, similarly... Um, and he's he's been fine ever since, right? Nothing, nothing at all. So I, think, I think history showed us who's right there. Yeah. Who's right. Thank you. Anyways, uh, no, it's it's interesting to have those discussions about like the legal system in general because I feel like it's it's not something that most people give um, give much thought to on on a day to day basis. And I think if people had a better understanding of the imperfections of it and just the imperfections that really I don't know until we get some kind of mind reading technology, uh, they're they're going to remain there. Yeah, it's not a perfect system, and if. You- it's frustrating when people um, sort of subscribe to it like that, you know, because it, it's um, we'll never have a system. I don't think we'll ever have a system where, um, you know, all guilty people are found guilty and all, all innocent people are acquitted. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get a minority report type of situation going. <laughs> yeah. Pre-crimes, right? Yeah. <laughs> get That's a pre-cog right. in there. One, I, I think one of the hot issues that I feel like, well, this is more of an internet issue that I, I wanted to get your perspective on in preparing for this was the whole idea of freedom of speech, because this has come up many times when we've sat here and talked. And and I maybe I just don't know to what extent speech is protected here in Canada versus some like uh, headline making country like the United States. But uh, it seems like it's pretty enshrined over there and um it, i don't know if you if you listen to the right-wing pundits in uh, in canada they, they'd tell you that free speech is dead here yeah i don't agree with uh, those guys <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, i mean we we do have a, a charter right to freedom of speech it's um uh, you know uh, like all our charter rights not absolute i mean People, I think most people have a, a fairly good idea of our charter, but um, it has its nuances. And one of those is that um, under Section 1 of the charter, every right is guaranteed, but it, it can be uh, you know, derogated from if there's a, a justifiable uh, reason. And there's a whole test that's developed over the last 30 years to uh, – well, it was developed 30 years ago, but it's, it's been you know, tweaked since um, – to justify um, a right um, to be infringed to a degree uh, or impaired to a degree. Um, and – I think there are situations, um, and this is something that the Supreme Court also, uh, uh, they're not agreeing with me, I'm agreeing with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I but said this in the Supreme Court, like, where I, that grand right. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where something like freedom of speech um, should be limited or is limited in Canadian law is when it's interfering with uh, another right. Um, okay. And there are situations where um, speech, like other acts, can be uh, very harmful or deadly, right? That's why we have uh, hate crimes. Um, and you know, uh, so there's, there's that aspect of it. It's not an absolute right. We don't have any absolute rights, um, in Canada. Um, now, uh, I think 
what really frustrates me when people talk about freedom of speech is that people think that freedom of speech means you can say whatever you want and there are no consequences, right? Yeah. Freedom of speech to me means you can say what you want and the government can't persecute you for it. Mm-hmm. The government can't, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can, you know, go on a, a bigoted rant or, or racist or homophobic rant and like keep your job yep. um, because your employer can say, that's not the kind of person I want working for me. So, Freedom of speech doesn't mean consequence-free speech. Yes, yes. And, and, and I think that's an important distinction to be made. I think the idea of, of wanting people to be, to be silenced in public forums, I, I think that's, that's where it's becoming, I, I guess, a little bit difficult because where do, you, where do you draw that line of what's a public forum? And essentially everything's owned by someone, right? Like wherever you're talking yeah. is, is um, owned by someone. No, I think that's a major issue. Like I – I don't want you to get me wrong. I don't want you to think that I'm some sort of, uh, you know, uh, I'm on some mission against freedom of speech. Like, what's one thing that's no, really we hear, we hear you loud and clear. <laughs> don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm just going to turn your mics off for you. Um, <laughs> the uh, so, like, one thing that's been in the in the in the media around criminal law uh, recently is, um, I mean, you're probably familiar with Marie Hennen, John Gomeshi's lawyer, yes. and there's been instances of her being, you know, having speaking engagements at universities and student groups on campus trying to say, well, that's not you know, appropriate. And that's, to me, a little bit scary uh, because, you know, uh, many people might not agree with a lot of things she has to say or have, you know, real concerns about, um, you know, sexual assaults and and the justice system. Uh, But like, my God, it's university. And this is like leading, you know, possibly the best, um, certainly the most well-known criminal defense lawyer, uh, you know, currently practicing, at Mm -hmm. least in Ontario, if not Canada. Um, You know, why she wouldn't be able to speak at a university of all places mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. You know, mind-boggling to me, right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I I completely agree with that, and I think that's the the problem that a lot of people have been having, especially the fact that universities, and 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 I think that's where the argument kind of gets tied to the government is when universities are funded in part by the government, that people have an issue with saying like, okay, this this place is getting uh, part of our tax dollars, and people that we invite to speak there can't speak yeah and uh, so where do you draw that line of saying okay well you know it's an arm's length relationship between the university and the and and the government and there are uh so this place is essentially i don't know like do the students have a right to is it are they exercising their freedom of speech and shutting shutting people's speeches down i feel like it's a whole convoluted issue and if people just kind of were willing to just listen to each other and you could disagree. You disagree yeah. very strongly, but you or you listen. don't have to listen to each other. You oh, yeah, can just true. not. You can ignore. Them. Yeah, you cannot hang out with home. the people yeah. you don't want to hang out and listen to. True. But um, you know, to to say that your your other students who may be very interested in uh, in hearing something can't hear it because you know their presence on campus makes you uncomfortable. That's lots of concern. Yeah, like universities, you're supposed to be. These are places higher higher learning, higher education, where you're supposed to be developing minds, developing ideas. And being able to debate these things. And when you set a place where you cannot listen to this other half of the political spectrum, because we will shut this down, you're not growing and you're not actually developing anyone whatsoever. That's, that becomes a huge issue. Okay, but I'll throw something out into that. If, um, if the people who are wanting to shut this type of speech down are claiming that this is hate speech and this is, this is the type of speech that is a direct uh, affront to their rights, now – you, you you spoke to a test, right? That yeah. So I don't 
hate speech so rarely comes up in criminal law that I can't speak as like an expert on it. Yeah, okay. My my understanding of, of this is going to be limited to you know think learn, remembering back to law school <laughs> and you know um, you know occasional um, research afterwards. But I mean, the line I think you know is you know where your speech is inciting some sort of harm to someone, right? So you know, speaking out at a university about um, you know how you know women aren't as uh, good in whatever respect as men, which I don't agree with, obviously. Uh, but that's different than saying, um, you know, uh, members of what a particular religious minority um, are terrorists. And if you see them walking in the street, you should be, you know, uh, you know, not letting them in your neighborhood or forcing them out. Or I mean, that's, that's where you've crossed over to something very different where you're advocating, um, you know, other criminal offenses against people yeah. based on yeah. you know whatever status and there's a call to action yeah right? yeah yeah okay um, and I, I you know what i'm sure that line is really blurry sometimes right that's <laughs> yeah. hard yeah but, yeah um because some people will point to you know even recent acts of uh hate crimes or you want to call it domestic terrorism whatever and say well these people were clearly inspired by this type of speech right yeah and uh no i i i feel like it's it you know, we were talking about ivory tower arguments. It's it's one of these things that that uh, people can kind of just go back and forth with uh, from the ivory tower. But when it when it comes down to the actual real world consequences, um, you know, it's it, these these are things that that need kind of clear interpretation, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like <laughs> you're looking at yeah, me. I, I, I'm looking at you, Jay. Anyways. <laughs> Jay, Jay's the hate speecher in uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's the guy who's always going yeah. on these yeah, racial tirades yeah that's what that's that's Jason's demo <laughs> totally Jason's demo uh, so that said um, I don't know what what what's been going on this week I feel like we you know we we've gotten to know Graham a little bit but I, I feel like there's some big stuff that's happened in the news this week that I would love to get you know everybody's perspective on uh, obviously one of the biggest things that's happened is the uh the the liberals announced the sweeping changes to the labor rules yeah minimum wage yeah so uh everybody's getting their you know minimum wage uh boost this is a big boost i I feel like there's been a lot of increases in minimum wage in the past like five to ten years and uh they've all been like cents yeah and now now things are are moving up there a couple bucks so i think people got their 15 and uh they're feeling pretty pretty happy about it i don't know i I don't know how i feel about it it's it's a little bit delayed though right it's 2019 is it or does it go up yes yes you're right yeah yeah it is 2019 two years just you know after the election first i do think like obviously there is a a bit of a uh a political uh, gaming ship that they're doing here like obviously bring us in to attract a, a voting base uh one thing and this is what this is my theory, and I still think it's going to happen. It seems like time is running out on my theory here, so I might not <laughs> win on this. But my theory is six or seven months before the next provincial election, wind steps down, new leader, a liberal party comes up. Uh, they say, you know what? That was the old liberal party. We're new, we're fresh. You know, we understand those are issues. We apologize for those. We're going to fix it. Here are the new things they're doing, like minimum wage, like this, like this, like that, hydro cuts, blah, blah, blah. I'm here to bring that. I was the driving force behind these things. I think these are, are the right thing to do. Uh, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us. That was the old liberals or the new. And just like happened, just exactly what happened when she took over from McGinty, exactly the same playbook. I have a feeling we're going to see the same thing. Hmm. 
that's my that's my guess to that. Regardless, back to minimum wage. That's that's interesting though. If uh, I'm right, I'll seem super smart. Like, I, I think I think like they're that's most of their playbook. Except I don't think you're going to see a leadership change. No, no, uh, because I mean the difference is McGinty was like really bogged down in a very like direct scandal, whereas she's just bogged down in sort of. We all hate how much we're paying for hydro, right? <laughs> yeah. But just, That's I, a big one, though. Yeah, it's a big no, one. No, it's a big issue. But it's not the same sort of like, um, you know, she's done something wrong, yeah, her, right? I'm surprised that the uh, PCs aren't pressing harder on this whole stuff that went on in Sudbury with the, the by-election. I just don't think they have the leadership for it. I don't think that... I really don't find yeah, Brown. That's a good uh, point. It could be a matter right. of timing too, right? Yeah. True. It's still early days. Yeah, no, it's true. It's, uh, well, you know, back to the, the whole minimum wage thing. I feel like the, you're absolutely right that there's a political kind of angle to it, like there is with everything any government does. But um, I was I was having a discussion online with uh, our previous guest, Mr. Adam McKay. And uh, he, you know, he's obviously a proponent of Bad this. hippie. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I I feel like in thinking about it, the more I think about it, the more I don't have an opinion on it. I mm-hmm. feel like it's um, it's no one can really say if it's going to be good or bad because it's going to be good for some people. It's going to be bad for other people. It's going to hit some people now. It's going to he- hit some people later. And um, I, I think it, I just don't necessarily see this as any kind of fix. I think we're going to be talking about uh, upping the minimum wage in 10 years from now. And we'll still be talking about upping the minimum wage because, uh, it, I don't know, in, in my limited understanding of economics, I think it just increases inflation. Yeah. Well, I saw it on my way over here. I was on Facebook and um, there was a, like a meme of a, a McDo- uh, someone working at McDonald's handing a tray to the customer saying, like, here's your meal. That'll be... Uh, like fifty four ninety seven or something. <laughs> I guess not ninety seven because we don't have pennies anymore. But um, and the idea was, you know, here's what you're going to pay for your McDonald's because of this minimum wage in Ontario. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't, I'm not an expert on this, but everything I've read about like studies of minimum wages, that's like such an alarmist, like not real mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. I mean, prices go up like by very small amounts compared to what your buying power does. Um, but I, I agree with you. Like, I would be more interested in seeing things that are more directly connected to like full-time jobs mm-hmm. and more secure employment for folks mm-hmm. because you're seeing just so many people struggling with, you know, multiple part-time jobs with no benefits mm-hmm. uh, or no, not knowing how long their job is going to last or uh, sick leave. Yes. Uh, and, and there is yeah. some of that. There's more protections like this. Yeah. You know, we, we've been focusing on this minimum wage thing, but there's like a lot more reforms that have happened as well. Like there's more protections for part-time and, and uh, contract workers, which I think that, if you're being honest here and like uh, of good faith in conversation, like you can't really say that that's a bad thing. Like the the minimum wage thing, I can see how some people might. Um, I think there's an argument to be made. Like I I, I do agree when when you mentioned that uh, everything that you've read about it seems to be that okay, you know, price prices going up is an alarmist thing, but prices do go up. Prices go up all the time, right? And people kind of factor that in as a constant. And the reason why prices go up and uh, is because of this this inflation that's driven by increased demand and when you give a whole bunch of people more money and we haven't increased productivity then prices will automatically over time go up right so it's uh, it, it just feels like uh, that part of it is like i i think the people who are kind of putting out the memes of saying like oh tomorrow your your burger is going to cost you 20 bucks 
um, they're not, I don't even think those people have a real understanding of why this is going to cause prices to go up. It'll cause prices to go up in the long term. And then that's why we're going to have to talk about uh, an increase in minimum wage later on, which is why we've had to talk about an increase in minimum wage for so many years, right? It's why people are are still not being paid two bucks an hour. Well, I was listening to uh, uh, Ontario Today, which I do at every lunchtime. That's my, my the host thing. is so boring though. This is coming from like a second rate podcast. <laughs> Who's the host right now? I, I've had Sirius for a year now, so I like I'm never oh. listening to the uh, yeah, it it is, anymore. Uh, you caught uh, uh, Rita yeah. Rita what's her? Rita Chelly Rita Chelly. Rita Chelly. Yeah. I like her. There's her. Oh, I like her too. And there and once in a while she'll be there'll be other ones too. Uh, you know they they switch them up because someone's sick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the debate they had uh, the the head of the Canadian Federation of Independent Businesses or for Ontario or Canada, I'm not too sure. And they had. I can't remember what she was ahead of, but I was like, you know, pay the right wage now type group. Uh, I got to say the, the, I guess, quote unquote, progressive uh, of the two did say something that I thought was actually very good line was that the minimum wage is supposed to be the floor, the absolute floor of paying someone, not the guideline and the rule that people should be following saying, oh, well, this is the least we can pay someone, let's pay them this. Mm-hmm. It's no, they're saying you cannot pay anything less than this. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like, it's not a guiding light. You should not be paying, like your idea shouldn't be paying all these people. And then you see these companies doing the fair, you know, uh, living wage uh, uh, rules, like self-imposed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say productivity goes up. People work long, uh, better. They stick around longer because they're actually making a few extra bucks. I think it's a culture problem though. Because um, people with income that they can spend, uh, I guess, dis- discretionarily, they can uh, they choose. They still choose to get the most bang for their buck. And when you when you start buying cheap goods and replacing um, replacing stuff that's still good in your home, uh, you're like you shop at the WalMarts and the Canadian Tires of the world. Not to hate on them, you know, I, I still shop shop there, but it's part of our culture, right? That's what we do. And if we spent our money in places that employ skilled labor and allowed those companies to grow to occupy a larger share of the economy, we you wouldn't see this kind of emphasis on hiring. All right, now you know Walmart is hiring a um, hundred people uh, to to man their store because they need to meet the demand of all the people shopping at Walmart, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of this this cycle. So w- I think we have to make a conscious choice to start spending our money where we want our economy to grow and. Unfortunately, we've all kind of fallen into that trap of saying, "Oh well, you know what? If I if I can get this for five bucks cheaper at a big box store, I'm going to go buy it at a big box store." But look at what we've done with beer. Craft yeah. beer in Ontario yeah, is taken off. You pay more for it. I would argue better products, so people are want want to buy it, and it's that economy or that industry is is taken off. Which mm-hmm. you know, like, so do we? Does society really want to only buy the cheapest? Or is there a, a large enough demographic that wants a good quality? I think we have to make an, a conscious choice uh, to to do it. Like I, I don't know. Um, I, I like the example I used when I was talking with Adam was if what you did instead of having some uh, somebody who made minimum wage buy you, uh, sell you a new TV at uh, Best Buy. Uh, you had your old TV repaired by a TV repairman. That's a that's a pretty. You know, yeah, dated you're, reference, you're dating yourself, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but but that person, uh, you know, both of those people would be paid very differently, 
right? Yeah. So we have this kind of use and chuck uh, culture right now that, uh, I don't know, if we, if we want to see the economy grow in a different way, I would argue that far more than raising the minimum wage where if we start spending our money in a way that encourages the the hiring of more skilled labor people the encourages more people to go get uh qualified to do that kind of skilled work then then we'll see a lot more and most uh, of those businesses are, are local right so yeah. you're also keeping the money in in Timmins right? exactly sending exactly. it to wherever Walmart has their headquarters i guess yeah. i don't know where that is Wisconsin or something? Know? I don't know. Yeah. The moon. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's one of those layers from yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Uh, since I did mention beer, yes, you we did. Should what are we should probably describe our beer or introduce what beer we're having today. It's pretty good. Today we're having uh, Collective Arts. Uh, their beer, Prophets and Nomads. Uh, it is a. I'm going to say this wrong. I apologize. It's either I was looking up the pronunciation. It's either Goza or Goze, Goza or Goes, yeah, or Goes. So I'll say Goes. Anyways, uh, our Goes is an unfiltered, unfiltered wheat beer made with malted wheat. This creates a unique cloudy yellow color and provides refreshing crispness and tang. Our Goes has a low hop bitterness and features uh, coriander. Sorry, almost got that right. <laughs> coriander, 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 <laughs> coriander and Himalayan salt. I always get yelled at, saying like, "You should practice these for." I'm like, I do read them, then I just forget. <laughs> uh, adding hints of concentrated dryness, spice, and touch of sharpness to the beer. It's uh, so, as I said, it's a type of uh, uh, wheat ale, kind of as it goes. Uh, recommended in a Weizenglass, and it's a four point five percent IBUs of twelve. Uh, it's not very bitter at all. Uh, I've always uh, talked about really enjoying wheat ales. I find they're, uh, if you want something easy to drink, but like in the summer, I, I like them. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy. I can drink a whole mess of them. Can I get you? Uh, sure. Rated yeah. very good or an 85 on uh, Beer Advocate. So, Graham, what do you like? How do you like them? Or- I, I drink, well, I, I like uh, wheat beer. Um, but this one does have like the the word that jumped out at me in your description off the label was tang. It's got sort of a tang mm-hmm. you don't expect, and so I feel like this is a beer you really have to be in the mood for. Like you have to be reaching for intentionally. Um, so like it's maybe like an eight if you're going for it, but if you if you're not there, it's like a six. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. See, he rates the same way Jay does. <laughs> Jay Jay always says you have to rate it like if it's a wheat like along the lines of yeah. wheat beer, and I, I have such a hard time with that. Me, it's always. If you want a stout, you got to rate as a stout. You know, like you, yeah. It's, you're, if if you I haven't want, had that many stouts. There you go. But if you want a wheat ale and the only thing that has a stout, you're going to be pissed off. Yeah. That's the thing. It's the tang, though. <laughs> Jay gets mad at the dehumidifier running. You can shut it off if you want. I'll reach over in a second. All right. Anyways, um, my rating for this one. Uh, he's right about the tang, though. It's it it's very full bodied still for. It would still be a pretty light beer, so um, I'd give it a seven. Seven. Yeah. I probably close to that. I find there is a like I was saying, there's a dryness. It's almost like there's a dryness like you would have in a white wine, kind of. Mm. I find you would get that a bit, uh, uh, but I can. Uh, I would happily drink like two dozen. Uh, a few. I would happily do it. But yeah, I, I do think this would be a this is a nice uh, summer beer. If uh, you want something in the winter, it's not something you'd be happy about. It's uh, uh, not something you'd be drinking at the hockey game. 
No, that's that true. Yeah. yeah, but uh, I, I would give it a good a seven, seven and a half. What sure. was it called again? Uh, Prophets and Nomads. But I gotta say, cool. everything from uh, Collective Arts I've actually really enjoyed. Uh, John and I stayed, uh, did a little visit. You probably saw some pictures on the Facebook page. Yes, did a I couple did little see visit, that. and actually were really awesome to be there. And we tried a whole mess of them. And uh, yeah, I uh, I gotta say I did really enjoy this one. Uh, and uh, there was another one I can't remember what the other one I liked. I think it was just their number two IPA. Yeah. It was uh, pretty solid. And, well, we'll have to try that next week. Yeah, we might have to. Right on. Yeah. So that's the beer that we're drinking tonight: Collective Arts, Profits, and Nomads. Right on. No, it's really good. So moving on to other things tonight. Uh, I don't know, Jay. Did you prepare anything else? Well, we can we can uh, talk more new stuff, or we can do oh. a fantastic game. So There's what something do you want to do? I actually did my homework tonight, yeah. and um, I was gonna. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Trump withdrawing from uh, the the climate accord. So I think we should talk about that. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's gonna this just gonna lead to a longer discussion. You think so? So I say we do the game, we get that done, we get into the into the discussion, and we can go as long as we okay, want. Okay, rot, Rotten Tomatoes is always we, fun. We can throw stuff at each other and get upset and <laughs> call each other fat and whatever. It's because I'm a climate change denier. Just so uh, well, you just yeah. haven't seen the the proof yet, right? That's that's the thing. I'm also a flat earther. So. <laughs> I'm a hollow earth believer. Just have don't you, ask him about vaccines. Have you ever gotten... <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me about vaccines. Have you ever gone down those YouTube rabbit holes of like flat earth stuff? Oh, all that stuff. Flat earth. Oh, I, I'm saying I love the hollow earth though. That's still my favorite. I don't know. I'm not hollow earth. Oh, hollow you, earth. You, you don't know about the two entrances at the poles that you can get inside the earth. And after so many travel, like traveling so far into it, it was actually a movie, Journey, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Anyways, you get so far in, then suddenly you can walk along the inside of the crust and the center of the earth acts like a sun and in this inside of the earth there's all species that we haven't seen aliens or dinosaurs (laughs) are still alive it's where all the lizard people the nazis ran there and hid there they took their subs into there and it's all this crazy stuff and that is a thing that people believe this and because you would think well wouldn't you if you walked in you wouldn't you just keep going to the center well i guess the idea that you'd be closer to the thickness of that of the crust that you would get pulled away because you're attracted to the largest object Inversely, what? How but that largest object is in every direction. But that's the thing. But you're still closer there. <laughs> it's proportional to the to approximate mass, but also the distance between them. That's crazy. I, there's some little part of me that wishes I true. lived in this kind of world oh, okay. where there, yeah. where like that, that I kind of believed all this stuff because their life, their lives must be so fascinating. Oh, yeah. The stuff they're reading, it's just like, <laughs> amazing, and it's all like veiled in this religious kind of oh, doctrine, right? Is. Like, oh, the humans are the center of the universe, and this is. This is how uh, this is how we know there's a god out there that's you know controlling everything. It's uh, it's interesting. Anyways, right, so take uh, us to Rotten Tomatoes. We're gonna do a Rotten Tomatoes game. I'm not sure if you know what the Rotten Tomatoes game is. You probably Refresh me here. So what it is is uh, I will uh, describe a film and the title, and then the two of you will uh, will uh, throw out what you believe the Rotten Tomato score is. So is the Rotten Tomato score the one that like the critics use, or is that like the user? There's critics and audience. We're going by the critics. So okay. if it's certified, no. fresh, All or whatever, critics. and be a 95% or whatever. All right. uh, if you get right on the money, we get a, a, a five-point deduction. Oh. So it's whoever's the low score at the end of this wins. Uh, Corey has a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic uh, streak of being horrendous at this. Uh, 
So, uh, but uh, so w- w- the theme today was uh, I like that movies, movie. movies about lawyers. All right, all right. So, uh, <laughs> so I should preface this by like I avoid all media that's about lawyers. <laughs> well, especially well, television. Then. Too bad. <laughs> this all should right. be good. No, this is movies. So, okay. Yeah. Movies. All right. Let me find us. Uh, this 1993 drama about a best-selling uh, it's a best-selling novel of John Grissom's and Mitch McDear's is a young man from a poor Southern family who was who has struggled through Harvard Law School and graduated with fifth in his class. Uh, fifth, yes, could have made it. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Jesus. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> gets into being in, a lawyer. Blah blah blah. It's uh, starring Tom Cruise. The Firm. I remember that being popular. It's a young Tom Cruise. In in what year? Ninety three. Ninety three. Well, he was big then, right? So that's yeah. gonna bump up the score. Fresh off a of Top Gun. Oh yeah. Best scene in Top Gun was shirtless volleyball <laughs> playing. Yeah, they're all wearing super tight denim. And I don't I, get it. I, I need the movement up top, put my bottom tight as hell. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the internet is saying that there's a sequel. In the yeah, works. or, or, or sequel. Yeah, sequel. Because it's not a remake. It's going to be a sequel. Uh, <laughs> a sequel care. to Top Gun starring Tom Cruise. <laughs> Super old. Val <laughs> Kilmer still around. <laughs> Just can't fit in his flight suit because he's fat as shit. You should check what that score was. <laughs> Anyways, uh, The Firm. Uh, you want to take this one? Take the well, lead? Well, I'm thinking. I haven't seen it. Um, but I'm thinking Tom Cruise. I've heard of it. Uh, I'm going to give it like a 78. Okay, 78. I'm, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to give it an 87. 87. So Remember, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> the Firm is certified fresh Ooh. at 75%. Wow, man. All right, that was close. <laughs> I was way off. You know, I thought I, certified fresh had to be like over 80. I thought that, yeah, I thought that was like yeah. 90s. Uh, He's setting the bar pretty low over yeah. there at uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is a 2011 film uh, starring. I'm not going to say the star yet. Uh, <laughs> He's going to give it away. Yeah, it was give it away. Uh, it's, uh, it's a legal thriller of a low rent defense attorney named Mickey Holler. Most of the time, Mickey barely keeps his head above water, representing low life clients and working out of the back of his car. This 2011 film starring Matthew McConaughey, uh, the Lincoln lawyer. Uh, Jesus. This is, this is a movie. Was that I've never before seen. the McConaissance or right in the middle <laughs> of it? I think it was, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. this was. Uh, McConaissance. I like that's that. That's good. I like that. I should probably be early because it's 2011. Yeah. That's a little early. I'm going to say. Since I, I I saw a seventy five on the last one, uh, let's say I won't get so generous. Seventy two. Seventy two. I'm gonna go with eighty. Eighty. The Lincoln lawyer is certified fresh. Fuck. At eighty three. What? All right. Graham just killing it. Yeah. All right, my computer's being a little slow here. Give me a second. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to just say the year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Ooh, this one. Uh, fantastic, fantastic film. I think. I've always liked it. 
It's uh, the 1992 film. <laughs> it's a uh, fast-talking, charming, charming Navy defense attorney must prove that a pair of Marines are innocent of murdering a fellow fighter in this uh, taut and provocative courtroom drama. Uh, starring... Do, do, do. Tom Cruise, <laughs> Josh Nicholson, and Demi Moore, and super young, hot Demi Moore too. You think that makes him a real lawyer? He's Tom done so Cruise, many movies that he like, must. He yeah. must be. You know, must have picked some stuff up along exactly. the way. You know, how much school uh, is it really required? Just, like, <laughs> Steve Seagal must be a ex Navy SEAL, <laughs> right? Oh, we're, we got to do a Rotten Tomatoes game with just Steve Seagal, Seagal movies. Oh, one day. <laughs> just five, six percent, five percent. All right, so the movie is A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. All right, so. I'll I'm let gonna, you go first on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 90. 90. Ooh. Well, Jason, I think 88. Are you sure that we can handle the, the what? truth on this one? <laughs> can Brutal. we handle it? Brutal. Ooh. Uh, so I, I, the truth. I, was, I was leaving the door open there. I was like, oh, if he doesn't say it, I'm saying it. I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. Sorry. So, uh, so the proof about this one, if you can't handle it or not, is a few good men certified fresh at 81%. Nice. All right. I'd take one of them. Uh, this least. next one, I do believe we might have done it before, actually. Yeah. Could be wrong. Okay. It's uh, a film, 1993 again. We're kind of sticking that era almost. Middle it's embroiled, embroiled in an affair. Thomas Callahan, her alcoholic prof- professor of a precarious 24-year-old Tulane University law student, Darby Shaw, writes up an insightful theory about the recent murders of two Supreme Court justices. It's uh, this fantastic drama mystery suspense, The Pelican Brief. I suggested this one, and I'm I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, I, I have no idea what this so fucking movie. I think we've done it before. Um, Pelican Brief. I'm gonna say seventy-two. Yeah, I'm gonna go in at seventy. Seventy. That's it. Pelican Brief is rotten. What? At fifty-three percent. I was going to say, like, all of this Roberts. is proving. That's true, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to say that uh, all of this is proving that they don't make bad lawyer movies. But uh, I Julie guess. Julie Roberts, is- Denzel Washington, Sam Shepard. Like, there's some. Well, we haven't had Legally Blonde yet. Ah. You know what? I was going to do it, but I didn't. I should have. Yeah, that would have been cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what. Uh, you know what? I bet you Legally Blonde probably has a pretty good rating. Wasn't the second one a terrible movie? It was just the fact they made two of those things. Just the second one? <laughs> just. Hey, come, come on. on. Come on. All right. Am I All showing right. my colors? And a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and a musical. Yes. Really? I didn't know that. All right. So this next one is a 2005 film about two divorce attorneys who find out the hard way that sneaking into the wrong party can cause serious problems <laughs> in this comedy. The film's 2005 film starring <laughs> Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson in The Wedding Crashers. Uh, yeah, this is a good movie. So, the th- you know, comedy. It's 
comedy big, comedy yeah. bad. Just yeah. Will Ferrell's cameo in that movie yeah. probably makes it uh, 90, oh, yeah. 99.9. Because that's what the critics go for. Of course. Yeah, this is one where I think like the, the critics number is going to be very different than the user number. You think so? Yeah, we, we could check that. I Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. You know what? I, I always thought about that because we did one... I, I think you had a Will Ferrell movie when we did with uh, Adam McKay, right? You said yeah. uh, it was... Well, we uh, only did Yeah, Adam yeah, McKay I'm pretty movies. sure they were all Will Ferrell movies. So uh, <laughs> there was a ballad of Ricky Bobby and we thought yeah. like, oh, yeah, the critics are going to hate this and it ended up being pretty like, high. Pretty high. It's, you can never tell. Like, do they like comedies? But I think it depends what type of comedy and who. Mm. I'm going to go 65. 65. I'm go 83. So, Wedding Crashers is certified fresh at 75. Oh, man. That's... Uh you went out on a, on a limb there, and uh, I think that I may have caught up with that with that last one. Ooh, well, is it looking bad? Yeah, the the first couple were pretty bad. All right. Uh, so, Corey, <laughs> yeah, happy to know again. that you actually got a decent score of fifty seven. Okay, but was fifty seven enough to take first? It was not <laughs> top score. I didn't think Coach so. Graham at 42. It was actually pretty uh, close. Well done. All right. Good job. So this only asks, there's only one question to be asked <laughs> next to this. Who is, and we, Corey and I have talked about this before, yes, ad nauseum. Jay's got a good theory. Who is the single best lawyer in movie history? And I have a definite answer. Yeah. Well, there's one, I feel like there's one like obvious choice and that's Atticus Finch oh yeah okay Okay. now 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 you're gonna give your I'll tell you why reasoning why mine so yours is much more eloquent yes I'll tell you why mine's better (laughs) it's who and we don't actually don't know legally blonde we don't know her name (laughs) but we don't exactly know who the lawyer was they don't really talk about who the actual lawyer is but I think he was representing himself he might be representing himself but there was a lawyer who got pulled over for DUI and his his only punishment was to coach a peewee hockey team in Minnesota. <laughs> so whoever's lawyer was Emilio Estevez's lawyer in that film is the <laughs> single greatest lawyer of all time. Co- coach and Bombay's lawyer. <laughs> that can we call t- the Mighty Ducks a film? Uh, yes, uh, or no, a documentary. Really? <laughs> it's a documentary. Yes. Yeah. So really, because Team Iceland would be who you face off <laughs> in the, uh, uh, the in the World junior, Championships, Junior Olympics, the thing. Goodwill Games. Yeah. Goodwill Games. <laughs> you win, you win a peewee championship one year, and the next year you're representing so, USA. And, and a few players get cut from the team. <laughs> disappear forever and suddenly they they get all these all-stars from all over the globe a random freaking inner city you know hockey rollerblade hockey <laughs> roller teams is that how he starts though like i can't yeah. remember the beginning he of- gets pulled over or dui yeah. in his in his sports car uh literally with cans like fumbling around in his vehicle and uh 
his his boss says, "Oh, we are able to get you a deal. You just have to do some." Or, or the judge was a, is a big fan of hockey or something. You got to go coach this little, this peewee hockey team in the middle of you know, where's District Nine or District? What district? Are you district Five. District Five. District and make sure five. that they they never wear their helmets unless they absolutely have to. Oh, yeah. No face mask. <laughs> they're wearing football helmets like the the kicker cage on a, fit, a football helmet, and they're playing. I've never said that. And that's what ruins every hockey team. movie, though, right? I mean, the fact yeah. that you have to wear like a full helmet. Yeah, you can't. Do that it. ruins every hockey. And movie. they always had. They then later switched to just visors. They had the vi- the, the full visors, like, so you could see the kids. So face. you could see the face, yeah. But, but you, I never realized. Like, was it those kids actually playing hockey? I don't know. I think Joshua Jackson could play. He's right? from Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when you watch them skating in the warm-ups without their helmets on, yeah. like he seemed like he knew what he was doing. But what was hilarious is you'd watch Emilio Estevez skate. On yeah. the outdoor it was rink else. at one point, and and you, they would like zoom in on his legs, yeah. and it would just like, oh, okay, this guy's got form. Or like when he was not facing the camera, it's like, okay, yeah, this guy can skate. And then they would see him like facing the camera, and he would just be glad. Yeah, not doing anything. <laughs> you could tell he had some kind of like skating coach for a couple hours before that. <laughs> but so I feel like, like even the kids that they had on, if they were actors, like if they were just sub ins, like yeah. some Canadian kids they got, they weren't that good. Like no. the skating was terrible. No. Well. They did get better as the movie, yes. <laughs> as the yeah. movie went Come on. on. There wasn't the monks. There wasn't montage. The Goldberg could only go up, right? So, <laughs> Julie the cat. Oh, uh, so that said, you know we're, it's it's great that we're talking about hockey because you do have a little bit of an interesting hockey connection. I do, right? Yeah. Yes, your sister I'm, is member is a Olympic gold medalist. She is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And her name? Brienne. Brienne. Jenner. Yeah. Brienne Jenner. Man, and she's still a member of the team. Yeah, so it's it's way so, to do your background work there. Yeah, yeah. so it's there's no like standing Redina. team, right? Like it's all event based. Yeah. So she's, um, you know, she's a, a core member of 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 the women, um, and right now they're like all the top players are centralized in Alberta for the year leading up to the Olympics. Cause okay, it's, I guess like eight months away now, right, or nine months away. That soon, eh? Holy jeez. Yeah, yeah, February next year, right? Okay. Um, so uh, they won't like name the team officially again until you know close to that to that event. But yeah, she's she's a very good hockey player. I'm very proud of her. Yeah, nice. She's and- much better than I am. <laughs> that, that was and always and always was. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Jay Jay was going to ask you before, uh, or he mentioned. He said, "So um, I'm going to ask Graham how it feels to be." The least successful yeah. member of his, yeah. <laughs> his you know, family. You only got into law school and became a lawyer. Come on, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister almost kidding. went to law school too, and I was like, uh, yeah. like Jesus, we have nothing on this girl. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he got out on the outdoor rink the next day. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm gonna go play for the Timmins Rock. <laughs> have to go Dean Youngblood it in the corner <laughs> and try to get better. Remember Dean, Dean Mary Youngblood? No, have you watched that? No, oh, oh, we talk about all the time. Watch best Young Blood is the best life. hockey movie ever. The guy essentially gets uh, tries out for this team. He's like this young gun, you know. Well, I guess as the the name would uh, would suggest. But uh, yeah, he he gets on this team and then he gets kicked off the team because he won't fight, and he goes back to work the at his parents' farm, and for. <laughs> What seem well? What is obviously still within the span of that season? No, not even season. Within that series, yes, the series. It was still the same playoff series. So he doesn't fight the guy from the one team. Gets kicked off. Goes home. Goes to the farm. I'm going to take it over. 
gets better somehow, fights his dad to learn how to fight because his, his dad's mad at him, so he beats the shit out of him on the outdoor rink. Then he's like, okay, I know how to fight now. And then goes back and like, I want to play again. Literally just missed like a game. So <laughs> the moral of this movie is like, you do have to fight and like yes. change your... Yes. It's yes. like the... Yes. It's like Greece, right? Like if you can't get the guy, you've got to just like become him, put on the black tights, yeah. and smoke a cigarette, exactly. and you're, and you're exactly in. What exactly what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't right. don't don't believe in yourself. None of that shit. <laughs> it's change and be exactly opposite what you do. The eighties are wrong. Yeah. The eighties were a different time. Oh, great time. Great time. <laughs> there was a lot of uh, tough love oh, in yeah. the eighties. I think. Eh? Yeah. Well, especially in sports movies. But they had the great billet scene. You know, oh, um, with the the old lady who sleeps with the billets. Yeah, sleeps with the billets. Ah. Have you been? Uh, do you follow hockey at all? Uh, not not a lot. I, I mean, I watch some playoff games, like most. But I'm one of those guys that, like, when people start talking about sports, I just don't understand how they have the time in their life to have all the information in their head that they seem to. Yeah. You're so right about that. I I feel like now, especially with kids, I have such a hard time. Like, I I I haven't watched an NHL hockey game in. I don't know. I don't even know when. Like, I, I can't say. Like, the playoffs are like the the finals are on right now, mm-hmm. and I I feel like <laughs> maybe I'm too busy podcasting. That, no, the last time <laughs> I watched a, a hockey game was when we had John Belanger on here, and he was getting mad. He didn't understand uh, why we would even want to watch. Like, that. So I can but, I can understand how people like are a fan of a team and they know all, everything about all the players on their team, but then they start talking about like some other team in the other conference and they can name like the fifth defenseman mm-hmm. on that squad and their stats. It's just like, would you get up three hours in the morning at five a.m. just, just study like, for work just study news articles about hockey but well, i i think that brain space is occupied uh, and is, <laughs> is not uh, yeah there's 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 nothing else yeah. in there. well I, I don't know i don't want to i don't want to uh, judge people too much because i know some very very smart people who are very well in tune with yeah. with many sports but i think that's a small minority of people there are some people that that's where they spend their time and if you talk to them about uh you know geopolitics they'd probably just they just whereas we can just like recount all the plot details of every episode of paw patrol for the ah, last yeah. that's yeah. very true yes my my uh, brother's all about uh, all the different uh tank engines and tom's tank oh, engine. Yeah. oh yes all. yes hey. that's a phase yeah but uh um, get past <laughs> i always liked about big you know sport guys and hockey guys and all that it's oh yeah we did great last night oh man i got and hey what are you, how are you guys gonna like take care of this i don't know man we're we're in trouble about that we gotta find someone to really uh bring us up it's like you're not part of the fucking team <laughs> first of all you're playing you know that right you're playing beer league in timmins you are fat as shit you're not part of the team <laughs> you're fat as shit. it's like enough of this like i i that always drives me nuts like i'm a i i i always liked a, a certain team i've always liked certain players but i've never had this ownership on these guys that i thought that well you know we gotta do something get rid of this asshole he's not doing enough lately and you know the it's like oh, we're gonna have to go talk to the ownership soon because uh, i'm not really liking this and and yes they're gonna hear you they'll give you a fair yeah, hearing exactly <laughs> so no. does your dad hate you for not liking any sports and just really into so, my like, sister I- <laughs> so he's he was a hockey player too. So they so they yeah. So he, yeah. So he does like yeah. her more. No, I pl- I played you know growing up, but after high school, just uh, both wasn't nearly good enough to keep playing. Like and, us, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But no, no. I'm, what I'm worried about is like so now I live in Timmins, and if my son is any good at hockey, and he's gonna want to play because he's gonna yeah. see his aunt and be like, yeah, I want to be like her. Um, and if he's any good, I have to be driving all over this. Oh, damn, 
Oh, on terrible highways. We should talk to our, our parents. Oh man, get get in the Honda Civic and uh, drive to Capus Casing to play two yeah. games. Yeah, and in come one back day. in a freaking blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh gosh, the worst. The worst of doing that was we used like we would go off to Iroquois Falls or Cap or whatever, and then you just do something stupid on the ice. Corey, Corey did it pretty often. I did it maybe more often. I'm not no. sure. Really stupid stuff. Then you're like kicked out. And then literally, like you're just like shit. I got to sit for two hours in the vehicle with my father, who's either the coach or the manager. Our, our father's always coach, yeah. Yeah. and you just have to listen to this and just get like yelled at for two hours on the drive back. It was the worst experience ever. You just sit there because you had nothing to say because you know by that point you're over whatever you did, like and you, you understood. Maybe I shouldn't swung my stick at that kid. <laughs> it's like, like, shit, and you're just sitting in that in that car, just like. Fuck, I want this to be uh, over. I want to get home. And it's just and I would be pissed off being apparently I drove you all the way there. You did yeah. the dumbest shit possible. I gotta drive you back in this blizzard. I wanna kill you. Like I would just I would just left the kid there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the traveling part is uh I can definitely see how it occupies your weekend like crazy it just you, you end up not do, having time to do anything else and at, at one point i was kind of s- sitting there and kind of anticipating it that you know you know what my, if my son wants to play hockey then uh that's that's what he's going to want to play and we're we're going to have to do it right we're going to have to deal with it as a family and um i i felt like i i, I started thinking about it afterwards being like well maybe i can just encourage him and nudge him in different direction you know right like, to drama I've, i i i told well we said we said this if we had to do it again we'd probably um well i've uh reinvented myself after <laughs> after stopping playing hockey and i started playing music after but i realized afterwards that i should have played music all along. oh yeah Man, yeah. that's the, what's, what's going to pull more tail? Yeah, what's going to pull more <laughs> tail? More tail at the freaking party. The kid with the guitar. It's the guitar. guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Not who gives a shit if you can skate. And the kid no. with the guitar is not going to have to get driven around the entire province in a <laughs> snowstorm <laughs> by his parents to go on the ice with blades strapped to their shoes. Just yeah, no. or get arrested. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> well, we've heard a lot of hockey games at the Costa Cult. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, what Trump? Oh yes, that's what, that's what we were going to talk about. Okay, so announced today that Donald Trump was going to uh, withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Climate Accord, and um, again, referring back to the email thread that you and Jason had, you, you talked uh, that, or you mentioned that you were uh, on the political side of things. You were more of a progressive person, so I would assume that this is probably not. Su- well, it's probably not surprising you, but it's probably not something you're uh, very happy about the withdrawal from uh, from paris yeah everyone's happy about that come on yeah some like, people are happy about it i guess maybe i'll say that i wasn't so excited about paris in the first place because i feel like it you know wasn't enough mm. so i guess maybe i'm just like uh you know i don't ever think it was going to work and it's a matter of time before it imploded or certain countries just weren't going to do it it doesn't mm-hmm. have much teeth like like most international law um mm-hmm. So I guess I'm not as worked up about it, but I mean, I obviously think it's a step in the wrong direction. I mean, mm-hmm. I like though how now you've you've seen statements from China and other like and the European Union and other countries saying, "Oh, we're we're doubling down because of this. We're going to ramp up our stuff." It's like it, a fuck Trump, yeah, <laughs> fuck USA, which is kind of like awesome. Actually, that might be what you need. Maybe you need this 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 backlash coming up to us. You know what? We're going to do more. Maybe that's the positive thing, right? If, I mean, there's been articles all over the U.S. media today since that 
like announcement like the, the u.s is so. no longer oh yeah <laughs> the u.s is no longer a leader like they've abdicated yeah. their position as the world yep. world's leader mm-hmm. um and maybe that's a good thing right maybe some other countries will think well now you know china has to step up or the european union or whatever and you know we'll do it without them is and, there a bit of problem with that though like i, I think yeah. some people would um would argue that having china and russia in a leadership role in the world might might not necessarily be the best thing for the world right these corrupt democracies single party democracy yeah, really yeah exactly pretty much um but but that's a whole other thing I, uh, going back to the, the the issue of climate change I feel like this is something, and, and this kind of speaks to your your issue that you had about Paris not going far enough. Is I feel like on this issue we've been spinning our wheels for decades now, and one, and and I mean I don't I I don't completely discard the people who are like, well, isn't the world supposed to be ending by now? You know, we haven't done the things that they were telling us we needed to do imminently 30 years ago, and it's 30 years now, and, and the world's still here, and we're still functioning. Um, I I don't think, like, I, I'm not a denier at all. I think the science is pretty clear that it's there, it's man, it's it's man-made, and uh, it's, it's happening. But do you think that the idea that we're going to stop polluting the planet is actually a feasible solution to this do you think that that we're better off dealing with the oceans the ocean levels rising and relocating people and i don't know like political solutions rather than try to uh, think about this ideal world where we're all gonna get on the same page and but okay you you you've met politicians sure some of them been great some maybe not as Everyone who's been on this program has fantastic. been great, other than Jason Boisno. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, I gotta say, like, I don't think we need a political solution. We 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 want the Elon Musk type of people to come in and, fi- and fix these solutions. We want okay practical solutions that can fix things. Uh, where I don't think you know a political thing like, well, can we, would this be better if we move them, or would this be better if we went this way? Or but no, we need. To, all right, how do you fix this? How do you maybe not? You know, obviously not going to be able to reverse, but uh, remedy some of the problems and also uh, stop you know it increasing to exponential amount. Uh, I think that's what we need to do. And yeah, okay, maybe Paris wasn't uh, end all be all and was far enough, but would not going far enough mean? And fuck it, we're not going to do it at all. Let's walk away mm-hmm. because we're better off not doing shit at all. Well, I would, I would argue. Well, no, it might not be enough, but it's the step in the right direction. No, like there might be, and there might be some issues that need to be fixed and ironed out better. And you know, like okay, well, we can't be giving other countries longer to get into it and step in. No, you know, we're going to set this. You have to speed it up. But I think the 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 spirit of it, which I know these huge these big uh, UN haters and UN, you know, like it's a corrupt, whatever, globalist, you know, are all against it. But the spirit of that, of the whole idea does have merit and actually should, you know, I would say should be followed. Yeah, I agree. I was only saying that my disappointment is tempered by the fact that I was, didn't have the highest expectations for it in the first place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think, I, I would worry about putting too much faith in in technology solving a lot of the problems. Um, a couple of years ago, I read that Naomi Klein book, um, "This Changes Everything," which is um, an interesting read. Um, and she argues that you know if we just 
think that the Elon Musks and all those folks are going to solve the problems or carbon capture and all those things are going to solve the problems. We're just going to do nothing else in the meantime. And then, you know, those technologies are not going to pan out to the way we expect them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're all going to be screwed. But, um, but there's part of it, I guess. Yeah, well, I, w- I would just think that problems and, and the, these issues breeds innovation that, you know, it'll be, it may not Elon Musk, but it'll be Elon Musk-esque. You know, like these, we will, people will find that problem to fix that, you know, to get a solution to that problem. So you know, not to sound too cynical on this, but if, so if anyone who's uh, denying it or um, uh, is standing in the way of of whatever uh, the, the supposed agreed upon agenda is, uh, got out of the way. And said, yeah, you know what? We're all on the same page. We're all going to lower our uh, emissions. We're all going to do all this. Could we feasibly solve the issues? Or are we too far gone? Are we too... So if you're too far gone, feel... do, you just, do you give up? Though? No, 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 do you no, stop? No, 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 I don't understand that, not, that, that not, argument. No, no, no I, I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it as an argument. I'm just saying that uh, may, maybe the solutions don't lie in... In the technology and the, um, so we're with know, the solutions. Uh, line. Maybe maybe the solutions are dealing with the effects of it, because yeah. I think we're at the point where we are going to start seeing the effects of like the climate actually changing. But yeah, and, so I, I get that. But like, okay, there's going to be there, there's the immediate effects that are happening within the next that that we can't change. But is there going to be worse effects later on? If we don't start sure. halting and slowing that progress or that pro- stop pro- process of increasing whatever, like so, yeah, there are going to be whatever. So we do have to have those solutions. Maybe those are those real political and real real world solutions mm-hmm. that we're like, hey, we have to deal with these things. But we got to move we just these people. Keep going. Yeah. Do we just let this be? No, uh, you know, uh, uh, Judge Dredd and he can't live outside <laughs> of Mega City or whatever. Was Mega City, right? Judge Dredd. Yeah, anyways, uh, which would have been another great law movie. Really, Judge Lawyer and Executioner. Oh. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> terrifying, <laughs> but but like, do you, do you just stop? Or no, that's like, the kind I, of world I want. I live think in. you technology technology is the way to to fix that stuff. Like, there, I would argue, there's no ways to, there's no other way to solve those problems but embracing technology and trying to get that stuff to to trying to help and mitigate this problem. Like, there's there's no other way around it. You need the Elon Musk. You need the Steve Jobs type of people. Uh, <laughs> Esque. I like to add that. Oh. Yeah, we need Steve Jobs. Bring him back. <laughs> well, we could. Come on, let's. let's Isn't that up. in the agreement somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> let's start working on on freezing his body and bringing him back. And to be he's honest, he's living in that little underneath crust world. There you go. That's that's what happens, Steve Earth. Jobs. But I don't, like, what else could you do? And. You know, like a lot of people are going crazy about uh, Trump and what he different things he wants to do. I'm, I would say, I, I you know, as we we know, I lean to the progressive side. Uh, but for me, okay, he wants to, you know, they want to bring in sweeping reforms to, uh, uh, you know, certain policies and getting rid of, you know, s- you know, same sex marriages and getting rid of this and abortion uh, laws. That have to do. With- no, I'm saying they'll bring this stuff in. <laughs> I don't, you know, to that stuff. I'll be honest. Whatever, change it because we can fix that later. We can we can bring that back. We can roll it back. Climate change, we can't. But climate change and the effects on stuff, we can't. And no one here can argue. Say, well, we shouldn't just empty out our the boat motor uh, uh, oil and and gas into the into the lake when we're done. No, we know not to do that. Mm -hmm. And the moment you do it, you cannot reverse that. So the the thing about you know this climate shit is you can't reverse the impacts you make. 
it's hard to reverse it. Or we haven't figured out how to reverse it yet. So I think we have. That's the only thing that really Case upsets me. Point the derailment and all the yeah. oil in the metallium. Yeah. You, know? you can't yeah. reverse that shit. Once it happens, it happens. So I find that cleanups this, are just this shit pisses me off the most about Trump is or about what they're going with is what they're going to start doing. You mm. can't reverse it. It's going to be too late. That's the only thing that really upsets me about what they're doing. Yeah. So if the world's going to take us down, it's going to take us down kicking and screaming, not yeah. not complacently. You know. <laughs> Uh, well, that said, uh, did I we, kill that argument completely? Yeah, pretty yeah, much. What a fucking! I asshole. think you did. Like yeah. uh, that, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. Anyways, well, we got other other stu- other uh, stuff that uh, that, that happened ran. this week. Not happened, but within the last little bit, like we didn't talk a lot about. Uh, we just got a bit of time. We didn't talk a lot about. You got a uh, lot. Of, you got a bit more time to spare. I know sure. you got to get back to your. Uh, I'm good. Your little I, one. I want to hear. A bit oh, he's long asleep at this point. <laughs> this I hope, this I hope. one option or. Uh, the story and when you know, what's happening in uh, in the world or in Canada is uh, changing laws in uh, marijuana. Oh, yeah, yes. that I one. think would be super interesting to talk about. Come on, we got another fifteen twenty minutes. Oh, we got lots of time. Don't even worry about that. My kids are asleep, so I want to. We're s- fine. So Graham, <laughs> what what has been your interpretation of this new kind of idea of introducing the legality of marijuana? So the thing that I've thought about the most around this, like the, these changes coming, the, the frustration is that, so I, I think marijuana should be legalized. I'll put that out there right away. I think it should be decriminalized and, you know, the harms associated with marijuana. I don't deny that there are some that exist, um, especially for younger folks. There's science around, you know, mm-hmm. mental health and that. But if like you compare it to something like alcohol, you know, it is not nearly as devastating as alcohol, um, even socially, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's frustrating is that a couple of years ago, the uh, now government was talking about marijuana legalization because, you know, it's something that doesn't need to be criminalized. Mm-hmm. And now the conversation is all, you know, we need to legalize marijuana, but we're, all, we're doing it in order to, um, like, really crack down on mm-hmm. certain things around marijuana. And this the will make everything element. safer. And this is sort of an argument from fear, which is just a complete disconnect from what I think they were talking about when they developed it. So... That's frustrating because I think we can just have a healthier conversation around like, you know, just making this thing not a big deal. And, and like many other, you know, if you want to call it a vice, vices that are, you know, something we don't encourage but is legal and, mm-hmm. you know, teach their own. Uh, so that, there's that aspect of it. Um, I When I'd have this conversation with my wife about, you know, the the whole legalization of marijuana, I always kind of envisioned this future where our you know, my kids are going to grow up and they're going to go out to may run in the bush and they're going to make their stop at the beer store and the weed store. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's going to be this kind of, you know, it's just going to be regular, right? Mm-hmm. The, like, we'll the way we stop at the beer store, the liquor store and, and pick up our booze for the weekend, it's, it'll be just as socially acceptable. But one thing that helped me gain some perspective on this was, uh, I was sp- uh, speaking with my father-in-law about, how the beer store used to be that they wouldn't display any kind of beer paraphernalia, any beer packaging in the beer store. You went there, you, you knew what you wanted. They would give it to you in a Brown paper bag and you would leave. And it wasn't overly advertised the way it is now. And, and I think this is just a cycle thing, right? It's, it's the process of social acceptance because there's still a small part of the, of the, of society that doesn't that still sees this as the, de- the, the devil's grass yeah you know? 
Well, and, I mean, I'll tell you this. I so as a criminal lawyer, I see a lot of files, and um, a lot of those files uh, involve uh, alcohol. Like so many. I mean, there's there's very very rarely do you see a file that is so, like associated with violence and not alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have not once come across a file where the presence of marijuana in the fact situation like aggravated things or made things worse. So when I see marijuana, it's because it's you know a drug charge. Or, um, you know, occasionally, uh, like a driving charge, you know, mm-hmm. impaired driving mm-hmm. by, by drug. Um, so for me, like m- my experience, you know, I'm not as concerned about, about marijuana becoming more prevalent. Um, I don't think it's going to lead to this epidemic of, of driving under the influence of marijuana. I'm, I'm not an expert, but what I've seen, the studies are that like the impairment from marijuana, it lasts a very short period of time compared to certainly alcohol. And it's I mean, so widespread already yeah. that it's essentially legal as it is. Like you can go pick well, it up. People are driving high yeah. all the time right now, and there's just kind of there's this there's no roadside test for it. Uh, so, soon. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're they're working on that. Um, the the one thing that struck me about this kind of proposal about legalizing it was how they've cracked down like the the sentences the the minimum minimum sentences i think that's what it is for um mar- for like selling marijuana to to uh minors as compared to selling alcohol to minors and and i thought that was kind of fascinating to look at what they've implemented as penalties for certain crimes and then you'll see you know certain news outlets compare that to things like sexual assault and, uh, you know, even like child luring and things like that. And some of the penalties being much harsher for, uh, for marijuana. Yeah. Well, harsh penalties for drugs is, is not new to Canada. Right? I mean, okay. you, if you were, to, if most people were to look at what you get for, uh, some drug offenses compared to what you get for like serially sexual assaulting a young person, um, you'd be shocked at like about how low some of the sentences are in some cases compared to others. Um, and it all came to a head, like, uh, I think in the nineties out, out West, there were some cases around when heroin was becoming a, a big thing. Uh, people were going to jail for like, you know, there was a seven, seven, eight years for, you know, first defense, um, which is nothing compared to the States, but, you know, whereas people who were, you know, convicted of, of, uh, sexual assault were, you know, doing less than half that. Right. So that's an interesting issue. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be strange that, you know, we have this substance that is, you know, for all intents and purposes, legal for adults, you know, heavily restricted, but legal, um, and is not a criminal code issue mm-hmm. uh, or Controlled Drugs and Substances Act issue. Um, but if it's, you know, to kids, you know, it's a, it's a criminal law issue, mm-hmm. um, you know, unlike, you know, alcohol and sale to minors, that sort of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's political cover. Like, I think, mm-hmm. I think the liberals want to be able to uh, deliver on their promise and look tough on crime at the same time. Yeah. yeah. I think that, and, and and I guess that's what kind of annoys anybody who, who might not be looking at this through a political lens. And they're just looking at how this is going to affect uh, daily life for Canadians is they look at it and they say, this just doesn't make any sense. The laws don't make any sense. It, why would somebody serve less time for, like you say, serially assaulting, uh, sexually assaulting a child compared to um, possession or, or selling marijuana, right? Well, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go that far but... that that, mar- that sentences for marijuana are that high. Okay. Um, it's, it's sentences for other substances. Oh, okay. And, you know, there are people, 
I mean, fentanyl is a huge problem right now. It's, mm-hmm. People are dying, um, especially in Western Canada. You're going to see it here more and more. Um, so you can understand why those sentences are so high. Um, but we've always looked at, at drug trafficking, you know, very harshly compared to some other uh, crimes that, you, you know, you might be surprised at, you know, how low sometimes the sentences are. Mm-hmm. And that's coming from a criminal defense lawyer. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Well, uh, Jay, you want to mend the helm for a second? Because uh, I got to... Oh, yeah. So we do a super classy thing yeah, here where is... we just go for a piss whenever you have to. So, yeah, so if you have to, don't... don't yeah. You don't like right here? Oh, yeah. Just go for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. We we just go mid-pod. mid thing, mid, uh, mid pod. Uh, No, I think it's interesting. But uh, so I you've you've told your... Kind of your... The law side of it. Uh, I always think in the, the economic side of it. Not always, but I'd like to think what the economic side of it. And I've always said, you know, what's the best? And I've always argued, this, what's the best way to sell this stuff? What's the best way for the government now has to control it? Would it be better? Or what do you think? Do you think it'd be better? Because I have obviously my my opinion, which I will share afterwards. Uh, is should a government be holding it, or should it be selling it, or should it be private uh, private enterprise? And uh, do you see any issues either or? Um, I think the biggest thing to watch out for is if. Um, if it's if it's priced too high, so there's like a, a price inconvenience, or if it's too inconvenient to purchase, mm-hmm. then the whole idea that this is going to kill the black market is not going to work, right? I mean, the opposite. I, if I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a user. Um, you know, I, I have used, um, but it's not a regular part of my life. Um, but if I did use it regularly, like say, okay, if I was going for a beer. Mm-hmm. If I either have to go across town to the one location that has weird hours, yep. or I have to pay more than I think I can pay my neighbor, yeah. then I'm not going to go there. Right? You just go, yeah. So you I think that's what's going to happen with, with with marijuana. Um, I, if I was designing a system, I would probably, um, you know, have some licensing scheme for who can sell it, but mm-hmm. it would not be exclusively government. It would be just in the LCBO right no. in the corner. Um, and I don't really think people that you know go to the LCBO necessarily want you know, to be going to the, you know, cannabis store at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not the same thing. And and should you be mixing those products together? Should that be, you know, it's almost like kind of you're, you're promoting the idea of mixing these products yeah. together. I mean, right? I think I think they should let, you know, private stores sell it, but have, you know, a, a licensing regime with inspections, right. um, you know, to make sure that there's, you know, not sales to minors and mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. So the only thing I have, like the only my only my idea of how this would be difficult uh, if it was done in the private sector is that when you look at it, it's not like it, it's not a product that's as easily, I guess I don't want to say uh, quantified. Like you know how many bottles of beer are being shipped out of of X, Y, and Z brewery, mm-hmm. so you know how many of these are being shipped out, and they know exactly where they're being shipped to. So if all these places are ordering all these cases all the time yet their their remittance to the government for their their sale of alcohol and or whatever is much lower than what they've been buying all the time well you know there's something going on and that there's selling that should not be happening because we had that technology now that we you know these barcodes we can track it all with that now mm-hmm. so we know that's not going on where you know marijuana is the idea is that since it's easily grown and easily produced and it's it's you know, you're doing by the weight. You're not really doing by the 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 unit. I think it's a little more difficult to to track it that way. And you can have. I, th- I think there's more room for uh, nefarious selling. I guess. So 
I have a hard time seeing it done in in private uh, places like a cannabis culture or whatever, all these different uh, stores. I actually kind of like it being in a government-controlled thing. Kind of like I like booze being sold in a government-controlled, which is everyone hates me for saying it all the time. And I get it. I've been to Alberta, Quebec. You know, you pick it up at a corner store, you get going. Uh, But I have yet to see someone give me the argument on what brings in more money to the government. Government-controlled... Liquor stores. That's always your goal, isn't it, Jason? What brings more money? What government-controlled liquor, liquor stores or private enterprise being licensed to sell it? What's going to bring yeah. us more in? Because, all right, you're saying, well, think about the tax dollars, Jason. Think about the tax dollars. Like, well, we're getting the tax dollars anyway, so we're selling it there. And we're, we're charging tax. So you go pick up your, you know, your Alberta premium. <laughs> I got to think about the good stuff. <laughs> uh, that's going to be. <laughs> And when you get that and your old English right next to it, there's going to be a taxes on it. So, But the LCBO does not only collect taxes, it also profit, collects right? profit. Yeah. The revenue they're making and the profit on that revenue, that is, they make that. So they don't make that on the other side. Will they make more, do they make more profit than they would make in licensing fees to everyone else? And taxes. You know, yeah. like, cause be, right now we have, we have profit and taxes versus licensing, fee, licensing fees and taxes. What makes more money? And I've yet to see any argument. And the thing that bothers me about the conservative parties that want to push this stuff, they never give you... There should They should have a think tank going on. Even if they made up this number, showing we're going to make more money this way, they never bring that argument up ever. They always say free enterprise, free enterprise, free enterprise, but they never say what the dollars would be. Yeah, but see, you live in, in Timmins, right? So... Your beer store is open later than my beer store in South Porcupine, <laughs> which closes at 6 p.m. <laughs> so that's why I want beer in more places. Uh, yes, and that's why that I would sense. want marijuana in more places. See, um, the, but the argument is, like what you're saying there is the Conservative Party doesn't make the the argument that what's going to bring more money into the government because that's not a conservative argument to make. But uh, they always say that. They say this, is, But their argument is that if more people sell it, you know, think about think about all the licensing and all, all you know, we'll make we'll raise taxes out, or we'll we'll be able to sell more. Yeah, but any conser- any conservative argument is going to argue on how to keep more money in people's pockets, yeah. including business owners, especially business owners. So that's. Uh, but one of the argument I find one of the arguments is that they're saying this is a this is killing. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a loss. You know, we're we're losing money with this LCBO. Like we're, we we could be making more money. I, I find I, I hear that so. argument. We can make no, more money. We're losing the government. Money. The government can't make more money than with the LCBO. It can just it. leave more money in people's pockets. Yeah. That's but it. that argument's never there. But they never show the dollar value. And you say the dollar value, how much they make versus what they save. You you leave in your pocket. But if you're if the government's making more tax dollars here, they don't have to. If they have a, re, a cost of revenue stream, they don't have to tax you as high on other options. What is saving actual money? Well, I don't money? know if you've What's, noticed, but people uh, these days have a very big distrust of the government. I, know. Uh, I don't know if you've been online at any time, but people have a huge distrust of how the government spends their money, so they would much rather have it in their own pockets. So. I'm sounding like I see, I'm slowly making my way to the other team that I was talking about uh, earlier. We had the mayor on last week, and well, yeah, you yeah. were mentioning that you che- you checked it out, and uh, oh, God. We, we got a lot of hate. I don't know if you you saw some of the the comments that, that came along with that. Yeah, so I I I think it was you, Corey, that was saying like after there's a like a, a council meeting, there's always an article that follows, like the hate article. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have the same the same sort of feelings about those. <laughs> I was like, I have to say, I was uh, like really skeptical of our mayor 
when okay. he was first elected because he had run as a PC and that's not my party. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if that's, if he, if that was his judgment in running for that party, then, you know, I'm probably not a fan of his, but I am a huge fan of his, uh, since, cause I feel like we have a council that like, there's people who want to want us to have nice things, right? <laughs> or at least willing to like try new things. Yeah. And then there's like people who want to do nothing except mm-hmm. occasionally repair a pothole. Um, I'm like, if we got a family, I want like a sports facility yeah. and things in Timmins. Otherwise I won't want to live here. So see, this people, is a perfect, yeah. a, a, and the haters who hate us, point. the haters who are like, there Oh, these two guys that just do whatever. But we have some who's professional who come from out of town, well, out of town to live here, chosen to shit. live in yeah, Timmins. Yeah. No, and and I mean, I, I think that there are some some people who have who make what appear to be valid points, and I'm gonna you know uh, not to come back around on this, but we're gonna talk a little bit about this stars and thunder thing because I, I what's that. Be- <laughs> I don't know. Coming up in a couple of weeks, you know, uh, I would assume that this is more or less falling into the category of things that uh, you're referring to, right? The investments or, or okay, let's not call it investment spending that that uh, city council is making for us to have things that happen here, right? Yeah. And I feel like um, th- this event in in specific, there are people who are just absolutely against it because they look at the price tag and they say, that's too expensive. We can't do that. We shouldn't do that. Don't spend my money on that. And there are people who have arguments with about how it came about. Mm-hmm. And I think those those people need to be kind of delineated because I, I like I don't have intimate knowledge about the entertainment industry. I don't know if it should have been brought about this way if it, if everything was done kosher. Um, but on its face, are you able to comment on that? Like, do you? Uh, well, what, what do you yeah. see about like this? when I the things that I when I'm talking about things that I, I want to see the city like try and do and and actually invest money in the city, I'm Mostly I'm talking about things like, you know, like a new athletic facility, Mm -hmm. you know, core government functions that I think need investment, haven't been invested in nearly enough over the past three decades. You know, we can't Mm -hmm. just have roads, right? Um, So the the Stars and Thunder, like it's a little bit further outside that box than than, than those other things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm, I'm sort of prepared to go with the mayor and council on this. I really hope it works out. We bought our tickets on opening uh, yep. thing. You know, we bought family members tickets. Like we're really excited about it. Um, but there's that risk there, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and <laughs> Steve's political future probably rests on it. But you, I think in Timmins, you like, this is Timmins. You have to, you have to try some new things in yeah. outside the box thinking because you know we cannot just be like a mining town, right? You know? And and we we can't just be and and I think the people who are the most vocal about it are they talk a lot about taxes, right? And where the money is going to come from if this thing loses loses money, and. I feel like there are so many uh, – maybe the anger is misplaced. Like there might be so many other places that you could you could focus on. Like if this thing lost a million bucks, let's say, like has anybody taken the time to figure out what, what that means for a tax burden on regular jokes? Like has anybody figured out like, oh, okay, you know what, are, or are they going to be able to pay this off with uh, – you know, a revenue from another another area or anything like that, right? Like, a, if this loses money, it's still something that that's positive that's gone on in our community. But 
like what's the impact, right? Tell tell us what what the impact is on us. You say, oh well, you know, a million dollars. That's it's a lot of money. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of money until you divide it. Uh, you know. Along the amount of people who the amount of people uh, residences and businesses that pay taxes and the economic benefits that come from the from from the event there you go hard to quantify but yeah so it it might be worth it in the end right Um, not to say that that anybody wishes this thing to lose money we want it to be a success and especially politically you probably want it to be a success especially if you're on the same page as our mayor and council because if it if it is a success it's something that that they can campaign on or whatever yeah exactly so i i I don't know like i i i feel like i have such uh, uh i can be sympathetic to people who want our local government to spend their money wisely but i've said this before and i feel like i'm still i like i'm not uh, I'm not completely, um, how, how can I say, uh, in, unsympathetic to people who are who have a, a bit of a conservative bent to them, because I, I, I do understand this idea of physical, fiscal responsibility. But if there's any level of government that's going to have that kind of discretionary impact on our lives, it should be the local government. That's the, the level of government we deal with every day. If you want to get outraged about things, get outraged about uh, the way the province and the federal government spend your money. Mm. You know that's uh, I don't know. I feel like you you that impacts your life uh, so much more on how much money gets actually extracted from you. Yeah, and you see little. how much you uh, yeah how much you actually see of that yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So I should be vice versa. You know, yeah, if anything, the, the local we, government should be taking more money and. Because what the decisions they make actually affect you on a personal basis, on a daily basis. Whereas federal government, yeah, you get rid of postal service, sucks. But how much does it really affect you in the long run? Like the the difference between not having garbage pickup, yeah, and or not, running water, yeah, or and the difference between having to walk to the corner to get your mail. Yeah, I, so I have to get my mail at the Porcupine Mall between. <laughs> 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. No, so. uh, and there are people in my neighborhood who have signs that say, um, like, save door-to-door. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, like, you, you need to sign that says institute door-to-door. Like, you haven't, yeah. it's not it's there. Uh, yeah. it's, it's never been there. They probably had it in the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, who gets anything in the mail that they actually like? Exactly. Right Nothing. So, it's nothing. all junk mail and yeah. bills. Yeah. Couple bank statements, but it just kind of gets depressing. Like, yeah, but oh. like you can anybody can sign online. up for that stuff online yeah. now. Like, yeah. what about am... people don't want to be connected to Big Brother, Corey? Huh? <laughs> well, Tell me if that. you're getting hydro and if you're complaining about hydro prices, you are connected to some form of grid. Uh, uh, that that said, you know what? Uh, and this is kind of coming full circle to where we started this whole yep, podcast on yep. uh, on the complaints that we got uh, about our podcast last week. It's just. It seems like a reality that in any community, there's going to be people who complain and who aren't on the same page as the people who are in office. And maybe just now it's more pronounced because of social media and people have a platform. Yeah, and but and I think for all those people that are like negatively complaining, there are people that are like contacting the city or their counselors to say that they are excited about things and want things mm-hmm. just less vocal, I think on social media, like oh, so it's a vocal minority though who speaks or, or outraged more. And you, you, I think it just, you'll see it more. It draws the eye a bit, bit better. Whereas, yeah. you know, it's people who, who are for it are indifferent. They just don't really care. Like, are you going to bring anything up or, or comment on a Facebook page? But there are, like, there's no. people out there that are really excited about yeah. new things in Timmins. And there's new businesses. There's a bunch of young people's new businesses. Mm-hmm. They want to see, uh, you know, new stuff here. But I mean, I'm waiting. 
I think my wife contacted Steve to or the mayor, uh, his excellency, or whatever, uh, <laughs> his to, uh, <laughs> I like that. to like, Dear find leader out, Steve. Yeah, we're eager to find out like when there'll be like a donation campaign for the new like aquatic center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we want to like be a part of that. And, and, uh, but you know, there are, those people are out there. That's a whole, yeah. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. And I'm glad that we have one on the podcast here because it's, it's kind of demonstrating. And, and it's true when I say that you're, you're a little bit of a case in point of what, People who've grown up here who are buying into this have argued is that if we want more people like like Jay and I, I guess we'd be considered young. Uh, we've kind of planted roots here. Like I'm, I'm raising my family here, but I've grown up here. I've seen all of this uh, before, right? But if we want to attract more people so that we can have not only youth retention but youth attraction – to, to our community, you have to have um, mm. you have to have the amenities that are going to keep the people here. And we grew up here in the nineties. There was nothing here in the nineties. There was nothing going on. Sorry, Everything Twain, was Sorry, Twain Center. Was it there yet? Uh, that was late. Came later. So I missed it. Yeah, yeah but it yeah. was and and even there, there, that was an exercise in like uh, budget cutting. Yeah. It, it was just like there was huge plans for it, and then it just became Nothing. this kind of yeah. uh, what Empty was show. eventually tur- uh, torn down for another mining project. <laughs> <laughs> but I just find that it's there was nothing here in the nineties. Uh, everything was closing up. Well, we the lumber industry essentially was take, starting to take a dive, and then really took a dive. But and you ask anyone what was going on here in the nineties. Nothing. Tax bills weren't going up. That's <laughs> I'll tell you that much. That and and that's what people would say. Uh, yeah. Some people look back on the days of Vic Power and uh, they they say that it, it was yeah. the best time because they didn't they paid less in property tax. But there was fuck all. There was it, nothing. There, well, not only was there fuck all, there wasn't the preemptive investments into yeah. our infrastructure exactly. that needed to be made that are At now that uh, coming. Uh, you know, coming due yeah. and everything's having to to be done at the same time. Uh, you know, the fact that we're building wastewater plants in both ends of the city, and then we're also um, uh, trying to do the connecting link. Uh, All the like same. That's, yeah, within the same. That's a ridiculous 10 amount of work to try to take on. It, it, never mind, like in one council term. Yeah. Right. Like they, I, I'm glad that we have a what appears to be a proactive council, and we they want to get this stuff done. Actually, I think we, it's reactive. Actually, they well, this has okay. it's, it's proactive in a way. It's but as it proactive as it can be, right? Yeah. So, because we can sit back and say, "Well, you know what? We don't need that yet. Uh, we can wait till you know the pool falls apart more, or we can wait till <laughs> this falls apart more because we should just be repairing potholes, and that's it." Forget about anything else. Just repair potholes. Yeah. But when you're being mandated by government agencies because your wastewater is not up to snuff, guess what? You got to get to it. it. You got to do it. And like I said, well, we've said this done. before that there's people like there's kind of two classes or two groups of people in town, and I I don't know. It's it's so hard now when you look at the the voices that are that are online to say which is the minority and which is the majority, right? But you know, I I'm glad to hear that there are some voices out there that, like you say, there are some people out there that that understand or that that buy into this, right? There's the people that say batten down the hatches and like let's let's prepare for disaster and there's people who say no, this is the time that we need to be mm-hmm. pushing forward and and creating a new identity for for our community, right? So well, I've had and I'm not sure if you have anything to add in, so I'll keep talking. Uh, <laughs> I usually do. Uh, I've actually had almost a similar debate uh with uh, a former uh I guess almost 
almost political rival, someone I ran against <laughs> in uh, for council, which we both lost. So who gives a shit? Uh, but it was it's uh, the the current president of the uh, Taxpayer Association. We were arguing. She was saying we should not be paying, uh, putting this money into you know a pool or paying money to this. We should be looking at that thing because uh, businesses. When, when times get tough, they, they bat it down, they stop spending, and they, you just take care of the bottom line. Where my argument was, well, no. Guess what? Companies that succeed and do well, like the Apples, like the Googles, like the whatever, when it gets time, times get tough, you R&D. You, you grow. You, you go look at what can we acquire to get out of this rut. We need to get better. We need to invest properly and smartly and strategically so we can get the hell out of this. Uh, Apple spends a shitload of money in R&D. Maybe not, it doesn't look like so much now because everything, everything looks the same. They're just removing things <laughs> off their phone now. They added a bunch of stuff and <laughs> they remove it. remove it. But it's just that that's the time to invest. And you know, so when we say, well, the city should be run like a business, well, should we be looking, if we want the city to be run like a business, should we be looking at the businesses that do the best? If we do, guess what? The city should be investing then. Mm-hmm. The city should be growing. It won't be in R&D, but they'll be investing in, in infrastructure. So we can get better, and so later on we won't be in the issue we're going to. We would be in if we just sat there, and just let shit fall apart around us. Yeah, I think Steve was making the point last week that like cities shouldn't be judged as businesses, right? You're and, right. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, it frustrates me when I hear people make that. Not not you, Jason. Like people make the sort of like uh, you know, well, we have to break even on this, or we have to make a profit mm-hmm. on this. That's not what government is for, right? Um, like I think it to me if we can. If we can collectively spend money more effectively on things that we all benefit from, then that's what the idea is, right? So, well, the reason why, and, and I think that one of the things uh, that has to be clear is that businesses and government are fundamentally different. The one is that one's mandated to make a profit. The city's not like the city's not there to make a profit, and the idea that uh, like a business can shut down. Does the government sh- like shut down? Does it no. go away? Does Even it- when you know when Michigan and Detroit and all that declare bankruptcy, they're still there. They're still there. They still have to offer services. Like somebody still has to. They didn't just walk away. Bring water. <laughs> People still have to maintain the roads. Like, does the city just go away? That that's well, the only. I guess that's the only way. Delta City took over. <laughs> Robocop, no, no, come on. <laughs> Another uh, Robocop, Robocop reference, come on. Judge Dredd. We, we, all right, we're going to sit here next next time, and we would love you to come back on the podcast. Oh, uh, no, we, re- we really had a lot of fun with you tonight. Uh, maybe we can just sit here and watch 80s movies next time. Yeah. And teach you, and just bring, <laughs> bring up the snuff with these fantastic 80s You know, you, you have a great education so far, but wait till you get an education. Real world education, Bear come bullshit on. you. <laughs> Anyways, we're coming up on the two-hour mark. Right. Um, I, I don't know. We've we've taken enough of your time tonight. Uh, can where can people find you online if they want? I guess if they need to find you, <laughs> most people probably don't want to have to find you. But uh, yeah, so um, I do. I have a Facebook page. Um, it's just Google Graham Jenner, uh, criminal lawyer. Um, that'll come up. Uh, so criminal then, lawyer, do you, are you a lawyer for criminals or you are a criminal? <laughs> criminal lawyer. common lawyer. Yeah, okay. no, uh, no, not there. Um, and, uh, and I work at, uh, at Evans, Bray, Nolan, Sullivan in Timmins. So, uh, the website there, ebslawyers.com is a, is a way to find me. Um, yeah, but I hope that you, I hope you and your listeners don't require my services. Yeah, I, I, I hope so too. But if we ever do, no, I think we're, we, we would love to have you back in to, to kind of, 
periodically comment on these these legal things yeah. that come up and, and give the, awesome. the legal perspective on things if, if you'd be interested. I, I had a great time, so anytime you guys want. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, anybody who uh, hasn't subscribed to our podcast, please do so. Uh, check us out on iTunes, on Facebook, on Google Play, anywhere you can listen to people talking. And uh, there we go. All right. That's the f- selfie for tonight, Instagram post. Anyways, thanks a lot for joining us this week. And uh, Jason, do you have any words I do. of wisdom I to give us? He to actually looked something up tonight. So. All right. So uh, this quote is from uh, Thomas Jefferson. Beer, if drunk in moderation, softens the temper, cheers the spirits, and promotes health. Wow. Wise words. Anyways, <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. Join us next week. Bye.